Thank you for tuning in to the Asking God Why podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. This podcast approaches the Bible with the question, Why? Let's look at the Bible to answer life's questions. Here is your host, Jameson Stewart. Hello, and welcome back to Asking God Why. In today's episode, we're going to be looking at, I guess, about half of Matthew chapter 24 and asking the question, why was the temple in Jerusalem destroyed? Why was the temple in Jerusalem destroyed? Matthew chapter 24, I guess, is one of those chapters that uh, there's been a lot of discussion surrounding it and, and a lot of Uh, talk, a lot of debate surrounding Matthew 24, I think it would help us to notice that really in the first few verses, well, really in verse 3, and this is the reason why I'm splitting this up into two different episodes, really in verse number 3, we find out that Jesus is answering a couple of different questions in Matthew 24. The disciples came to Jesus privately saying, tell us When will these things be? What things? Well, we're about to notice in a minute. He's talking about uh, the stones of the temple complex. Not one shall be left upon another. When is this going to happen? When will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Okay, so there's, there's a few different questions in here. The disciples are sort of associating all this together. But remember, something that we've noticed is they haven't necessarily at this point totally grasped um, everything that Jesus came to do. So we're going to have to let this play out, but keep that in mind. There's a few different questions being asked here. What we're going to ask today, though, is why was the temple in Jerusalem destroyed? First of all, the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed because it was inferior to the chief cornerstone. Now, to sort of remind us about this, we need to go back, and I'm going to read a couple verses from Matthew 21. We'll read verse 41 through 44. Jesus is telling the parable of the wicked vine dressers. And he asked, and remember, that they've killed the servants, and then they finally kill the son. And he asked them, what's the owner of the vineyard going to do when he shows up to deal with those those servants who had killed his son, those vine dressers who had killed his son. And they said to him, He will destroy those wicked men miserably and lease his vineyard to other vine dressers who will render to him the fruits in their seasons. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the Scriptures the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone? This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a nation bearing the fruits of it. And whoever falls on this stone will be broken, but on whomever it falls, it will grind him to powder. Jesus is this chief cornerstone, and they were rejecting him. However, in rejecting him, they essentially were sealing their own fate, so to speak. They they were going to be ground into powder by him. He is the inferior. He, he, is, he is the chief. He is the foremost cornerstone. 
not the inferior one. Now, moving ahead to chapter 23, the end of Matthew 23, he's pronounced all those woes upon the scribes and the Pharisees, and he says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her, how often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate. For I say to you, you shall see me no more till you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That word desolate, I mean, it is the idea of a barren wilderness, a, a desert. It's, it's, it's been left, I mean, think about a desert and think about how it's just empty. It just goes on and on, nothingness. That's what Jesus is saying. Your house is left to you desolate. Now, it's interesting as we bleed over into the next chapter, Jesus has said, your house, referring to the temple, is left to you desolate, this deserted idea. Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple. I think that phrase is very significant. He has just said, your house has been, le- <laughs> it's been deserted, left to you, empty, deserted, abandoned, so to speak. And then he, the text specifically says, he went out and departed. He left from the temple. And his disciples came up to him to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now, to tie one more passage into this, to really really show this point I'm trying to make, In Colossians 2, verse 9 and 10, Colossians 2, verse 9 and 10, it says, Speaking of Jesus Christ, for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are, Paul's writing to Christians, and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. In Christ dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. What was the temple? Well, it was the place where, at least in a certain sense, God lived, God dwelled. Jesus said, your temple is left desolate. Essentially, it's like it's your temple and God's not there anymore. Well, where is he? Well, in a very real sense, and Jesus is the Son of God, in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Jesus is the chief cornerstone. He is the temple of God today, really. His body, the church, is the temple of God today. That is the superior temple, and he is the chief cornerstone of that superior temple, that place where God now dwells. So why was the temple in Jerusalem destroyed, really? Because it was inferior to what God was bringing about. The temple of his son, Jesus Christ, the son of the the only begotten son of God, the word made flesh, God himself. So that's one reason why it was destroyed. Is it the the temple in Jerusalem was inferior and is inferior to Jesus Christ? Second of all, and verse 3 through verse 14, we're back in chapter 24 now, because 
Why was the temple in Jerusalem destroyed? Because Jesus' kingdom would prove to be superior. Once again, this idea, what Jesus was bringing about and setting in place, the fulfillment of Scripture, was superior to what the temple represented. Daniel 2.44 said, uh, This kingdom which shall never pass away would never be destroyed. And we go down through here, the disciples asked him, they come to the Mount of Olives and asked him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming in the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be, there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Sort of seems like almost, you know, y'all are going to be beat down. And our question might be at this point, are we going to survive this? If I was the disciples, would be, am I going to survive this? But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Jesus' kingdom would prove to be superior even in the face of intense persecution. Why was the temple in Jerusalem destroyed? Because it was inferior to the chief cornerstone and because Jesus' kingdom would prove to be superior. Now, a lot of folks read this, and they and it's we try to figure out the timeline. What's going on here? Are these rumors of wars, earthquakes? Is all that happening today? I would say let's hold that thought for a moment, and I want us to get to the—we're going to go through verse 35. We're going to get to the end of this section, and that question— What's the time frame of this? Is some of this stuff happening today? Do we need to be looking for this today? Hold that thought until we get to the end of the section we're studying today, and I think that question will be answered for us. The third and final point today as to why the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed was because the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, must be exalted. He says, therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. Let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. And pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be great tribulation such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there, do not believe it. For false Christ and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I've told you beforehand, Therefore, if they say to you, look, he is in the desert, do not go out. Or, look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. 
For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For ever the carcass is, there the eagles will be gathered together. Now, I want us to pause really quick. Remember, Jesus is addressing the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem right now. Jesus is not talking about our day right now. Jesus is talking about the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem. And he's telling them, and he's about to tell them, look, here's the things that you need to be looking for so that when the destruction of Jerusalem is near at hand, you can get out before that happens. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. There's a lot of figurative language in this to represent major things happening, you know, nations falling, cities falling. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds, one uh, from one end of heaven to the other. Now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and put forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So you also, when you see all these things, know that it is near at the doors. Now remember, he's talking about the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem. And remember, we, we're thinking about the timing. Where does the timing of all this, all this fit? Are we sure he's not talking about us today? Because, you know, the, the stuff that's going on in the world today, some of this sounds a lot like it. Are we sure? Notice this very next passage. This is Matthew 24, if you want to look this up later. This is Matthew 24, verse 34. Assuredly, or certainly, truly, I say to you. Now, Jesus is talking to his disciples, the apostles. This generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Okay, what has Jesus just done? He has locked this into a time frame. What is the time frame? The days of that generation living then. Jesus is telling his disciples this, roughly speaking, around the year A.D. 30. Jerusalem was destroyed. The temple in Jerusalem was destroyed around the year, right around A.D. 70. Forty years, roughly, give or take, after Jesus said this. You think about ones that were younger. Maybe they're, you know, 15, 20, 25. They are very likely, that generation is getting older but still living when Jerusalem is destroyed. Jesus has locked what he has just been saying up to this point into the time frame of within the lifespan of the generation living then. So here's what that means. When Jesus talks about nation rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, famine, pestilences, earthquakes, he is not talking about today. He was talking to his apostles and his disciples and his followers about something that was going to happen in their lifetime, and it was the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple in Jerusalem. He says, verse 35, in our final passage, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. You can rest assured that G Jesus is saying, you can rest assured this will come to pass. 
So why was the temple in Jerusalem destroyed? Because it was inferior to the chief cornerstone. Jesus is, and his church, his body, is the temple today. The temple that stood in Jerusalem represented, really stood for something greater that was coming. As as great and magnificent as that temple was, there was something greater coming. And what it was and what it is, is Jesus Christ, the one in whom dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and his body, his church. He is the temple of God today. And we are, as Colossians 2, 9 and 10 said, we are complete in him. So the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed because it was inferior, because Jesus' kingdom is superior, and because the Son of Man, Jesus, must be exalted. As in the, the last few verses we read there, it talked about how basically he would come and he would have the victory. He must be exalted. I hope this episode has been helpful to you today, hopefully in understanding this passage and learning a few things about our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for studying with me. I hope you'll check out other podcasts in the Scattered Abroad Network. Uh, feel free to check all of them out. I hope, you'll, uh, I hope you will um, subscribe to this podcast, uh, leave a like, um, rate this podcast on whatever platform you're on. If you can do that, we'd sure appreciate it. Until we study again next time, May God bless you, and as always, stay curious. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.